Hey there, what's up everyone? It is Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and welcome to podcast episode number 285. Okay, so you now realize that there's really no way you're going to be able to get to check out the evening news on television or open up your, your news app on your phone without seeing the sweeping concern over the latest pandemic scare related to the Wuhan coronavirus disease. But should you be afraid? Or is this just going to be another one of those Ebola flameouts that's the story of the month, only to lose out to the pandemonium of this year's latest presidential election headline? Well, it's a good question, and I'm about to answer it for you right now in this week's show. And don't worry about taking notes, because we've compiled all of the main points right down to a handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering everything that you need to know. Just go to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 285 to download it all absolutely free. And now, strap on your surgical mask, and let's talk pandemics. Firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Hey there, welcome back everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine. And okay, so listen, I've been getting this this question a lot lately, even from family members that know that that i that I prepare for this kind of stuff and i i'm getting I'm getting inundated with phone calls from family and friends asking me, "Hey, what do you think about this coronavirus? Is it something I should really be afraid of and And look, I see all of the the pandemonium all over the the internet all over the the news. On my phone app, every time I pull it up, there's some new headline about what's going on with the coronavirus. And of course, you know, everybody wants to freak out. But we can all remember the 2014 Ebola outbreak that happened in Africa. And again, what happened at the same time there, right? It was same thing. Headlines. It was pandemonium. It was the scare about the Ebola virus. It's going to, it's a, it's going to, it could be a pandemic and it's going to come here and it's going to, it's going to wipe out thousands of people. And we just, and then all of a sudden it was no longer a story anymore. Well, is the coronavirus following along those same, those same footsteps? Is it just something that is a, the, the headline of the month because it's a really cool thing for the news agencies to grab onto and, and scare the hell out of everybody. And all of a sudden survival ebook marketers are coming out of the woodworks and telling you how you can prepare for the next pandemic. That's going to wipe everyone out in the country. Should you be afraid? Well, the short answer is, uh, yeah, kinda. <laughs> so let's talk about the reality of this. You know, I'm a, B, a no BS kind of a guy, and so I really do want to make sure that you have the right information that's not just fear porn that just gets everybody all ramped up so you're out there signing up for everybody's courses out there, okay? But we do have to go back to, a little bit back to the Ebola virus, because this is another case, just like real, like, uh, hurricanes or any other sort of a, a triggering event that can cause mass chaos, pandemonium, and actual re- actual responses within the country that are legitimate for any sort of a disaster, any sort of triggering event for a collapse type of event. And this is a, a pandemic is one of those things that is on our top five list for actual no BS events that could literally trigger a collapse within the United States. But it's also one of those that really sneaks up and isn't really taken as seriously as other ones are. Okay, we can go back to Ebola as a really good example of that. Okay, Ebola in the 2014 to 2016 scare, of course, we saw it all over the news. Uh, we saw uh, we saw the World Health Organization. We saw the CDC. We saw all of these people over. In fact, we even brought American troops over to Africa to help contain those that were in 
uh, in pandemic areas over there or in outbreak areas and doing forced quarantines. Now, at the time when that happened, I said, this is something to really pay a lot of attention to because this is essentially like, why would the U.S. go over to Africa, especially when it hadn't really and it started to kind of hit onesies and twosies here in the United States? But it really wasn't seen as all that much of a potential scare by I think by the by the government and everything that was going on at that time, right? So why did we send American troops over there? Well, I said at that time and put on my little tinfoil hat that it was a really good training event for us in what it actually takes to be able to contain a virus domestically, even if we had to call in National Guard troops or bring in the military, because we actually had a pandemic hit the United States. Okay, so look. I think this has been one of those things I've been telling people forever that the CDC and the World Health Organization has been saying forever that we are long overdue for the next pandemic to be able to wipe out literally potentially millions of people on the planet with an uncontained virus that we are just not able to provide vaccines for or treatment for. In fact, the CDC actually added a new disease to watch to their list, and I believe it was 2019, it may have been 2018, called Disease X. And Disease X isn't actually a real disease. It's basically just the CDC saying, the Center for Disease, Center for Disease Control saying that, look, there's something out there, and, and we don't know what it is or what it's going to look like, but we have overused antibiotics. There are new strains of viruses that are popping up all the time that we are basically, it's in a hide and seek thing. I mean, it, it pops up and then we have to try and figure it out, but they're mutating at the same time. So the conditions are becoming more and more trying. And we just, and, and the CDC has been saying that, look, something is going to happen. It's going to hit and it's going to hit hard. We don't know what it is. So we're just calling this thing disease X. Now the coronavirus, is it disease X? We're still at the very beginning of state beginning stages of this since December of 2019, where it really started to get on the radar here. But the coronavirus itself is basically a family virus. So it, it, a, a, the common cold is a coronavirus. Pneumonia is a coronavirus. SARS and MERS, which were two, they're, they're two other diseases that are still out there. Um, they're all coronaviruses. This new virus that's come out is called the novel coronavirus. Okay. So again, going back to Ebola, it was a big story for a while. It got everybody all riled up about it. And then all of a sudden it was gone. Why was it gone? Well, because our media on all sides here, on all the channels, they love a good story. Ebola was a really great story, but once it looked like it was contained at least here, then it made way for other stories that you know, I mean, they're all about getting eyeballs onto their channels, right? The, the news, the news agencies are. And so they're looking for the next hot story to keep people coming to look at their, at their channels so that they can sell more commercial time to, to advertisers. Okay. So it kind of went off the radar for quite a bit. However, I'll tell you, anybody that's really watching this stuff is that Ebola is alive and well over in, still in Africa, but just like any other disease, it can be communicated, it can be transmitted, it can be carried to other areas. In fact, Ebola is actually on a rampage right now. Just last month, there was a summary that was put out that the, uh, the, the Congo, the Democratic Republic of Congo, has declared their 10th outbreak of Ebola in 40 years. Um, and that was, that was just in 2018. However, what's happened is the number of cases have, have surpassed 3,000 now, and it is by now the far, um, 
is by far the country's largest ever Ebola outbreak right now. And it's the single, it's the second biggest Ebola epidemic ever recorded since the outbreak in 2014. So we're seeing a ramp up of this right now. Um, and during the last eight months of the epidemic until March of 2019, more than 1,000 ca- cases of Ebola were reported in the affected regions there. So I say all of that because we really have to look at um, that the media that's out there does try to ramp these up. So what happens is just like, as I was saying, like just like any other, dis- any other, any other triggering event out there like hurricanes, people get all ramped up about it, and all of a sudden the hurricane comes, and eh, it wasn't that bad. We get all riled up about Ebola, and all of a sudden it's not in the news anymore, ah, it wasn't really that bad. So, all of a sudden there's the Wuhan novel coronavirus that's out there, and it's going to ramp up, it's going to get everyone riled up, and then is it just going to go away? Well, it's quite possible that it does, except that we're seeing something very unique and different about this virus. Now, we've been knowing, we've known for a long time that again, we are, we're waiting for some sort of uh, communicable disease here that is going to be able to spread rapidly. And that is essentially what we are seeing right now. And it's the reason why, it's one of the reasons why I say that, yes, it is something that definitely needs to be on your radar. Now, in a few minutes here, I'm going to give you some quick tips that you can do right now to better prepare yourself. But just in the news that I pulled up today, so I'm recording this actually on Monday right before the release of this, but the headlines that are on the news are on the news right now, just like literally just minutes ago, was that the United, uh, the United Kingdom declares coronavirus an imminent threat. As Europe scrambles. In fact, in the UK, they've been selling out of surgical masks. They just, they can't keep them in stock. People are already starting to get riled up about it, go out there and prepare for it by going out and getting all surgical masks to avoid contamination. Uh, another headline from CNN says coronavirus kills 97 people in one day while cruise ship cases almost double. That's also echoed by Washington Post with the coronavirus live updates where cruise sh- Cruise ship infections surge as thousands remain in quarantine. So there's a Diamond Princess. It's a ship right now. I think they have up to like 65 cases on the ship that are people are in quarantine right now. They won't let people off the ship. We have stopped people from being able to fly back into the United States from China. So as you can see, a lot of a lot of stuff is happening right now and with very good cause. In fact, in China, they just built an entire hospital specifically to deal with the virus in just 10 days. Now, here in the United States, all the bureaucracy that goes into hospitals, which are actually for-profit organizations, um, to be able to get a hospital built, I mean, think about how long that would take. So we have to really look at these signs. Everybody in China right now is wearing surgical masks. You can't watch anything on the news without seeing that everybody is wearing surgical masks. And a hospital is built in 10 days? This should give us a real clue that this is this is no bullshit, folks, at least in China, right? However, the disease is very hard to contain. Any disease like this is really hard to contain, largely because of how quickly this spreads among animals, which is this is a, a zootopic uh, uh, disease. So it basically means that this originally started from animal to human contact, the same way that SARS did and the way that MERS did. So Middle East was from camels. SARS was from uh, civic cats, and Ebola was from bats, and that they're suspecting that in the Wuhan province, this was also started in a meat market and was also communicate uh, w- was also started with bats as well. 
So, but that doesn't mean that it's only isolated to these types of animals. So any handling of them, essentially, basically, even though a lot of this does always start over in China and is then transmitted to through carriers that travel, like business people that travel over to China and then travel back or anywhere in the world, this could just as easily start in a farmhouse in Iowa. It really could. I mean, look at mad cow disease. We had we had a mad cow disease scare um, many years ago. Again, where was that started? That was started with with cows eating other infected cows that were part of their meal. So so we find that a lot of this really has to do with our contact with animals and animal products, the meat from the animals um, and the bacteria that's that's transmitted that way. All right. So this really is ramping up, folks. It really is ramping up. Has it really hit here hard? No, it hasn't. But look how quickly it is now spread within China. They now are at 40,000 cases and climbing. There are there have been almost a thousand deaths, and actually, probably by the time that you are listening to this, there will be over a thousand deaths. But they just had their highest death rate. Uh, I think it was yesterday was 97 people in one day. That might not sound like a lot of people when it comes to a global pandemic, and it's not. But we are watching very closely to see just how quickly that number ramps up. Of those 40,000 cases, there are already 6,500 people that are in critical condition that who knows how many people are going to die from that. It is very, very hard to contain this virus. One of the reasons for that is because of the panic that is happening over in China. So there's been a mass exodus of people leaving China, us pulling people out of China because we don't want our people there. So we, we tried to bring them back very early before there was even more rapid spread over there. However, with as many people that are fleeing the area right now, the the screening to make sure that people are not infected cannot keep up with everybody that's leaving country. So it is very typical that there are going to be infected people leaving. Infected people make other people more infected. Now in China, they're used to this sort of, um, I say used to, I mean, it's part of like their, um, it's part of their everyday life now, like wearing a surgical mask in China is not, you know, it might, it might seem weird. You go to the local Walmart and you see half the people there in surgical masks. Well, in China, that's not unheard of. So while over there, they're used to trying to contain it as much as possible. They're used to taking steps to be able to contain it. We are not used to that yet here within the United States. And so what that means is that it can be communicated extremely quickly to an unknowledgeable, unprepared populace such as us here in the U in the United States. Okay. The other part of this is that these types of viruses right now, there is no vaccine for it and there is no cure for it either. The entire World Health Organization and everybody and governments and research personnel are scrambling right now to try and find some sort of a vaccine or medicines that will work against the virus. But for right now, it's essentially the same way it was for Ebola. They put you in an oxygen tent or they put you in uh, basically just care for you to let, let your body kind of go through it. So as usual, the people who are most affected by it or are most at risk for it are going to be the very young and the very old. But that's not necessarily going to stay that way either because these types of viruses also mutate. So that means that we can come up with a vaccine and all of a sudden this thing can take a quick left turn, left turn, and all of a sudden it becomes something entirely different. Now that could be a good thing. It could make it easier to contain or it could completely wipe out everything that we did before it. And now we're starting from scratch again. And in that same time period, more and more people can get infected and 
it goes on and on and on from there. Now, how could this possibly trigger any sort of a of a true collapse like event that ha- that could happen here within the United States? This is something I go over in my in my free survival class. And if you have not ever gone through my survival class, um, you can go see if we have any seats available for the next one they have. All you have to do is go, go on over to freesurvivalclass.com and you'll be able to see if you have if we if we still have seats available for it. But this is something very serious because it doesn't just affect people and their health and whether or not it gets to you. It can affect our entire supply chain. Now, I'm not going to go into all the details specifically about that. Again, I go over that in the class over at freesurvivalclass.com that you can sign up for. It doesn't cost you anything to attend the training, and there's really good, valuable information there for it. But this is something that really can change life as we know it almost overnight. That's not fear porn, guys. That's, that is, that is the absolute truth. And this is some, this is a reason why I've been saying for so long now, this is one of those sleepers because people, you know, cognitive dissonance sets in and people think, well, it didn't, it, it came, it amounted to nothing before. It's most likely just going to amount to nothing now. Do not be one of those people. It's the same person that says, yeah, you know what? They said the last hurricane uh, that came through my town was going to be bad and I evacuated and I came back and nothing really hit except nothing really hit my house except the looters that came in and took my took my television. So I'm not falling for that stuff anymore. And then all of a sudden you're there in the middle of a hurricane up to your neck in your attic because the, your entire house is now in in the lagoon and you're trying to save your family. So. Do not be that person, all right? Always take these things seriously, and it's just a matter of preparing for them. And now is the time to prepare, because as this story builds, and potentially as it gets worse, and as it hits the United States, or wherever country you're listening to this right now, harder and harder, then you're going to see more and more people jump on the bandwagon of being preppers and being prepared for it. And you don't want to be one of those people that is out there with them. Okay. Now, remember, this is, I mean, any sort of pandemic that's happening, the best way to deal with it is to not be there. All right. I'm going to go into five things right now that you can do to prepare for any sort of a pandemic event on the coronavirus here. Things you can do right now to prepare yourself and your family just in case. It's all coming right up after this special message. In any disaster, crisis, or attack, your life and the life of those you love could solely rest on the survival gear you've acquired. Do you have the proper gear to protect you from the threats you'll face? Whether it's preparing your home against the destruction and mayhem of a city in chaos, or you're bugging out to a safer location when a natural disaster forces you from your home, the supplies you have right now could ensure your survival or seal your fate. Don't take the risk. Claim your free copy of our exclusive guide, Survival Gear Secrets, at survivalgearsecrets.com and discover the seven-phase survival gear plan every family must prepare for or face the consequences. Five no-bullshit warning signs that a collapse is headed your way, so you're already in action long before your neighbors even know what hit them. And how to know exactly when it's safer to stay at home and shelter in place. Or get in the family bug out mobile and get the hell out of Dodge. Your fellow citizens may be fine with sleeping in a crowded stadium waiting for FEMA to hand them a granola bar, juice box, and a blankie. But you know that no one can protect your family better than you can. If you're properly prepared with the right supplies and equipment to ensure your survival. Don't wait until it's too late. 
Find out what's missing from your survival gear plan by grabbing your free copy of Survival Gear Secrets now at www.survivalgearsecrets.com. And now, back to our show. Okay, welcome back, everybody. This is Jeff Anderson. We're talking about the coronavirus and not only just the threat of it, but what you can do about it, what you should be doing about it right now. And I have five quick tips here for you so that you can go ahead and prepare yourself and your family for the potential for this virus to spread even further, okay? All right, so tip number one is to buy surgical masks now. Now, as I said earlier, in the UK, surgical masks have been selling out because of the fears of the coronavirus. In Asia... There, there's much more extensive culture of wearing those masks, both, both to prevent illness as well as to conceal, um, actually to conceal one's identity actually online, believe it or not. And if you look at the TikTok app that's out there, and this is a, um, it's a sharing site. It started as like a video and music sharing site that, the, that was Chinese in origin, but you'll see people all over there. I mean, everybody is wearing either surgical masks or in some cases even black face masks because as people run out of surgical masks, they're going to start using other things. Now, it's going to look very strange, right, if you start seeing people in surgical masks and if there are none available, people walking around in, like, ski masks out there. But masks are, while they're not a be-all, end-all safety feature for, for not getting the virus, they actually do work well. And I do recommend that you go out and, and get some if you can, all right? The M100s are really the ones I, I suggest that people actually get. But anything that will... Can, that will keep the droplets, the uh, the the uh, basically the germs that that are that take place in droplets. So it's like that's why you know from from nose, from sneezing, things like that are going to help spread the disease. And that's why one of the biggest things right now that they're doing in China to combat this is really just spraying everything down with essentially Lysol. It's an anti you know they have um whatever whatever solution they're using bleach or whatever to be able to kill the germs. They're basically spraying everything down. The whole the whole country with with um, with basically bleach and Lysol. And while that does help, again, your best bet is to be able to keep those germs out of your nose, eyes, mouth, those orifices that they have there. So, again, keep your fingers out of your nose, your eyes, your mouth as best you can. Anytime you, you are touching other things with money, doorknobs, you want to be able to use any sort of anything that will kill germs. So whether it's an antibacterial that you can have or wash your hands more often. And again, try and keep your fingers out of your nose, eyes, and your mouth as much as possible. Okay. So step number one, you do need to go out and buy surgical masks. So again, as this thing hits, as pandemonium might possibly hit the United States, people are going to be more aware of it. And guess what they're going to do? Just like food, they're going to go out there and they're going to go ahead and buy up everything they possibly can, as many of the surgical masks as possible. You need to get them right now. You don't want to be out there where people are because if something has already hit and people are out there looking for these things, guess what? You're going to be out there with them. So that increases your chances for actually coming into contact with the virus. When things actually do hit, this is one of the things I talk about in like survival class and in, in, our, in my books, is that your best bet is to not be out there. Same reason why we tell people that the reason why you stock up on food and water is so that you're not out there, one of those people that is getting into fist fights down at the local grocery store because somebody took the last box of Fruit Loops and your family is starving too. So you want to do all of this stuff ahead of time. That's what makes you prepared while other people aren't. Okay, so and and talking about that, it brings me to tip number two, which is to make sure that you are stocking up on survival supplies like survival food. 
Now, you can get these from a lot of different places. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about a few different companies. We actually include three days of survival food with our backpacks that we sell, our Xbobs there. And one of the reasons why is because we want people to have very good quality food that you can come back on. Now, obviously, you might have some things in your in your refrigerator, your freezer, your pantry, and hopefully you are stocking up on something that is more longer-term storage, like a specific, specifically like survival food. All right, I'm not a big fan of MREs. A lot of people are going to MREs, but they don't have as long of a shelf life. You're looking for something with like a 25-year shelf life that you can use. All right, so I recommend you start stocking up on that now because you don't want to go out and have and, and be in contact with other people. That is your best way to avoid infection is to not go out. So you don't want to find yourself in a position where you have to go out for food. Now, I'm not as worried about water at this point because this isn't something like electricity goes down. This is more of a, you know, if you have um, if you have a well yourself or if you have some survival water stocked up, that's really, really good. But food is one of the things that you really want to make sure that you're getting right now. OK, so go out and get some more canned goods, go out and get some more dry goods. But really start looking at true survival food that's going to have a longer shelf life because after this happens, you still want to be prepared for whatever pops up later on. All right. All right. Tip number three is to stock up on medicine. So, again, you want to avoid contact with everywhere that you possibly can when it comes to this virus. Now, one of the worst places that you can come into contact with is going to be the hospital or any sort of medical facility. And that includes the pharmacy. So if somebody starts getting what they think is a cold or the flu and they're going for medicines over at the local pharmacy, well, if you, especially if you are up, um, if you take medications every day, whether it's for high blood pressure, diabetes, whatever it may be, you want to avoid having to go out to any sort of medical facility that could bring you into contact with the most highly contagious people or which the people that are out there looking for medicines for what they have. All right. Now, there are different ways that you can do this. Um, you can basically tell your doctor if you want to as a as a last resort here. Um, I mean, you can you can ask them if they'd be willing to work with you to help build up a stockpile. So if you have a doctor that is is very conscious of preparedness measures or is willing to work with you on that, then I recommend help having them help you stockpile ahead of time as much you can, as you can with your daily medications. In absence of that, you might just want to report that you lost your medications. You can let them know that it got, it got thrown out. You can't find it. You were traveling. It's not showing up, but you need some. And then you can try and get another, uh, another round of medicines as much as they'll allow you to for the uh, for the future. So however much however much you can say that you lost, try and get that much back. All right. Um, and again, this is this and this isn't really just a matter of those medicines like you don't want to come in contact with them, that as things progress with the virus, it could be that these types of medicines are put on a back burner and more and more resources are put into getting vaccines and medicines out there to combat the virus itself. So there could be a supply chain disruption, either from development standpoint, production standpoint, or even transit standpoint. And that's one of the things I do talk about in, in the survival class that I give. Okay. Um, very, very important. So if you take any sort of medications whatsoever that you're going to need, you want to stock up on those medicines right now. All right. Number four is another little stockpile that most people, I mean, actually a lot of people do think about this, but you don't necessarily tie it with pandemics out there. And that's the stockpile your weapons and ammunition right now. Okay. So 
Look, people are not, they're not used to this type of a threat. And anything that is unknown and anything that freaks people out like that, well, people, you don't, you don't know how people are going to react. So, again, this is one of those reasons why we tell people, look, you want to keep your preps a secret. You don't want people knocking on your door. If we're in forced quarantine scenario here in the United States or wherever you might be, if we're in forced quarantine, people aren't going to be able to go out and get food. Or there's going to be distribution points, but again, do you really want to go to those? Maybe it'll be seen that you're not going to those, and maybe your neighbors will stop by, and even if they don't know that you're prepping, they might stop by and wonder why you're not going out there. They might stop by and ask you, hey, do you want to go out with me? Hey, do you want me to pick, will you pick something up? Will you, will, um, do you want me to pick you something up? And if you're not going out, people might start to ask why. And you might end up, especially if people do know that you have been prepping, you might come to that situation where people are going to ask you for some of your preps. Maybe they don't want to go out and get exposed at the distribution points. Maybe they've just run out. You don't really know, but you do need prepared for it. And as we say inside of, again, in my, in my survival training, I say, first people are going to ask, then they're going to beg, then they're going to demand because they're looking at survival. And if demanding your preps doesn't work, that's when they get to taking, potentially by force. Now, we see this all the time. It doesn't just happen with survival-related scenarios. It happens even, it's just human nature. When people need feel like they need something and they're not getting what they want and somebody else is being unreasonable, then they do end up going into animal mind and just becoming more aggressive and potentially taking things by force. So you want to make sure that you have some sort of protection available for you and your family because you don't know where things are going to go. You should always be up to up to stock on some sort of weapon. And we have, you can go to bestsurvivalweapons.com. We have a free guide there that will show you how to prepare your weapon arsenal for survival purposes, which trust me, folks, it is different than home defense. It is different than concealed carry. It is a different type of preparation that you do. If you want to, you can go to bestsurvivalweapons.com and you can get a free, a free copy of our book there. Okay. But you do want to make sure that you do that because even in the supply chain, um, there are times where we have seen in, in the past where there are times of chaos and out, outbreaks of civil unrest in different areas for whatever that reason might be. I mean, we're seeing that in China right now. People are going to start freaking out about not getting enough care or enough protection. They're already mad because they feel like the Chinese government didn't tell them in enough time and potentially have spread the virus uh, faster and wider when they could have prevented a little bit more. Well, we have seen cases here in the United States where when there is civil unrest or potential for civil unrest, that gun stores are shut down or people are quarantined, not quarantined in area, but they are different areas are shut down and you might not be able to get the things that you need during times of crisis here, even in the United States. All right. So. Stock up now. And the last tip that I'll give here is to really start to look for what those warning signs are for collapse. Now, this is in a book that I did write of the, of the top five no BS collapse triggers that are out there. It is something I talk about inside of the free survival class. But you need to be able to spot those warning signs before everybody else around you because that is what's going to trigger your next steps. And you need to know what those next steps are, okay? And that is a very personalized plan that you put together 
that most people are focusing, I find they're focusing on the wrong things and they're doing even the right things, they're doing them wrong. So this, again, I, I recommend that you sign up for the, I, I go over this in depth inside of my survival class. Again, all you have to do is go over to freesurvivalclass.com and you can go ahead and see if there are any seats available for it right there. We are going to do an encore presentation of that right now. So you want to go, go ahead and make sure what those, what those are. You can get that guide there. You will also be able to be able to spot what those warning signs are. And trust me, they're very subtle. They're very subtle. But we're starting to see them right now, which is why I'm doing this podcast and telling you to take these actions right now. Do not wait on this, folks. I'm not saying that we're going to have a global pandemic and it's going to wipe out millions of people and we're going to go into zombie fighting mode. But could it happen? Yes, it absolutely can happen. And that's why the prepared folks that are out there, like you and me, are the ones who don't wait. They take action now when action is not necessarily needed because our level of need is much higher than the other sheeple that are out there that are going to be in complete chaos, running around trying to figure out what to do, relying on the government to take care of them, and it's going to be basically um, neighbor eating neighbor. Not physically, hopefully, right? But it is going to be every person out for themselves in true survival mode, and you don't want to be subjected to that. All right. So go ahead and you can go ahead and again, grab the cheat sheet for this show over at www.mcsmagazine.com slash 285. And then you can get a, a, a roundup, a summary of all of these tips right here. And then go ahead and make sure that you do sign up for our next survival class over at freesurvivalclass.com. I also, also want to hear from you. What are some other steps that you've taken to prepare for this type of an event as well? Please go ahead and leave your comments on our blog over at moderncombatandsurvival.com. I can't wait to read what you've been doing and other tips that you have for other listeners and our readers out there. All right. And until our next Modern Combat and Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. <laughs>